You're listening to the Experience Sikhi podcast, a deeper look into the Sikh identity. We present to you open, honest, and inspiring stories. No armor, pretense, or sugarcoating. Welcome to the Experience Sikhi podcast. I'm Dharad Singh. We begin the podcast by acknowledging that we are meeting on Aboriginal land that has been inhabited by Indigenous peoples from the beginning. As settlers, we're grateful for the opportunity to meet here, and we thank all the generations of people who have taken care of this land for thousands of years. In particular, we acknowledge the traditional territory of the Anishinaabek and the Huron-Wendat. Also, just some reminders, if you guys like the podcast, please remember to comment, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also send us questions and feedback at podcast at experienceiki.com. Once again, that's podcast at experienceiki.com. Our guest today is Gurleen Singh. Gurleen Singh is the Managing Director at Hilton Security Group Incorporated. Additionally, he's the VP of Six Tech Monitoring Solutions and Six Technologies Intelligence Group. He has been in the security industry for approximately 10 years and in the business management side of operations for about six years. The moving parts of working in a family business and influencing strategic decisions are what keeps Gerline excited about the job, and he pursues a variety of hobbies and interests in his free time, which includes watching sports with friends and family, and because of this passion, he's also visited Qatar recently for the FIFA World Cup. So here's Gerline saying, How are you doing, man? Thanks for being on the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for being on the show. I know you could be a very busy person being yeah. involved in the family business, mm-hmm. uh, but how are things looking across the country? Things are good. Things are good. Uh, just, I guess the season is changing a little bit, so work is picking up, right? And, you know, Fair. weddings and stuff are coming, so, like, we do event security, which leads into a lot of other things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Before we get into your work, do you want to tell listeners a little bit about yourself? So, uh yeah, I'm Greeline. I'm 26 years old. I like uh, I work for my family business, Hilton Security Group, like Zorod said. And uh, yeah, I graduated in 2014 from high school, and then I went to a couple of community colleges, and then I finally went to UBC. I didn't actually finish my degree, which is um, I feel like a lot of people that do end up working for businesses have degrees, but I haven't completed mine. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to that, I guess just working for Hilton Security has been um, Something I've done for majority of my life, if I think about it now, right? Majority of my adult mm-hmm. life has just been working for the family business and stuff like that. What did you pursue when you went to those community colleges in undergrad? So pretty much um, the in all of them, I've done some sort of business management. Whether it was mm-hmm. some of them are pretty like two of them were just general business. And the third one mm-hmm. was one with like uh, a focus in financing and it becomes like a certificate of finance which you can get a degree from eventually right uh, yep. mostly uh, the reason i did so much i guess undergrad schooling and so much original like early schooling is because i was wondering like what is there i can actually learn that will benefit me from the family business perspective a lot of schooling you learn mm-hmm. is a very grand scheme of things and yep. there were so many things i was learning about accounting which is like it's great but like a lot of businesses have accountants for a reason, right? So it's kind of like, yeah. like, what am I learning actually that Val, like I can actually understand and what I valued more, right? That mm-hmm. then finally led me to, I guess once I really realized like what I'd be looking forward to 
in a degree is when I finally went and transferred to UBC. And then like COVID happened mm-hmm. and I just haven't got it to, around to completing it. Interesting. So yeah. you've mentioned that you've been involved for a while in the family business. When did that start? And was it always something you had in the back of your mind in terms of, I will eventually return to this business full time? Um, It started when I was still in high school. There was a lot of things. Uh, like my dad's very dizzy at the end of the day, right? Like he didn't know how to like uh, use, we used Hotmail at that time. And it was just like mm-hmm. built in security at hotmail.com or something very simple was our email and he didn't know how to like make yeah. attachments and stuff so it was you know just helping out with that originally and then i made him like templates and then i told him like look this is something you can do like i made him an automatic reply email so it looked like somebody was always responding and stuff like that yeah that's how i originally started and then once i really was i guess contemplating my decision in like university is when i started working more and more for the business and then that mm-hmm. led in like that was around 2016 if i could say so so it's been, you know, almost, what is that? 2016, we're in 2023, it's been like seven, eight years now, if you think about it, actually, which is, you know, it's a while, right? And then, um, what was the second question you asked? Sorry. And was it something that you always had in the back of your mind that you were going to return to it full time? Um, I guess in the aspects of like being from a Desi family, you know how like your parents, like sub- not subconsciously, just kind of like, stuff like that so it was like okay mm-hmm. I, got, I got the message right so you know and it was like it wasn't something right. i minded doing as well right you meet a lot of cool people you mm-hmm. work with your community um and it, it feels like you actually make a difference too which was nice so yeah yeah do you want to tap into that a little bit uh being a security company in surrey what type of impact are you making how are you serving the community so in regards to that, one thing I've noticed is like a lot of our clients come to us uh, to ask for a quote, whatever it is, originally because they'd be like, Jalo, you know, like you've seen my dad, he wears a coat pant and then he's always just a dog, mm-hmm. right? They'd be like, Jalo, he's always yeah. like, right? And then that led into like, mm-hmm. our logo has a Kalsa, uh, has a Kanda in it, right? And yeah. I think all of that had actually like, people would come to us because they'd be like, Jalo, you know, they're from the community. It's better to support mm-hmm. these guys. And at that time, you know, we were like very new, I guess. So, right. And then yeah. that led into doing so many local events. Like we do the Miri Piri Nagarkitin. We've done the Vasakki mm-hmm. Nagarkitin. And these are like the religious ones, right? And then we did yeah. like four Gordoras for a while. Like we do a lot of these other things. Whenever a Gordora needs something and, you know, the city's involved or something, we can send them a plan out because we have this. And they, you know, they always come to us. So it's like, I feel like mm-hmm. in that perspective, you're always making a difference in the grand scheme of things for the community. Mm-hmm. And then at a lower level, almost like um, just at a lower level of like each personal employee, my dad actually looks into like, what is your reason to be here? A lot of people, you know, like that come from India, mm-hmm. they come from better financial bracket and there's the ones that don't. And like, I think like, uh, obviously from my HR perspective, I shouldn't be saying this, but like, but that also looks like, yo, this guy comes from like the struggle or something, in other words. Like this guy's going to mm-hmm. be a good worker. Let's, you know, let's hire him instead of the other people, even though he doesn't have the qualifications. It's that like through training, he should be okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you tapped into part of your job being uh, HR. What is your, what does your day-to-day look like? What are you doing for the business? Um, day-to-days recently have been all over the place, but 90% mm-hmm. of my work is just ensuring the company is, making a profit and we're you know working at the level that we've set for ourselves right we have 
Mm -hmm. our own morals, our own ethics, our own values that, you know, we set up a very high standard. I think that goes back to my dad being a Sikh. You kind of are raised with those then, right? That, Mm -hmm. then incorporating that into the business is hard because like at the end of the day, your business is about making a profit. Otherwise you would do anything else. You wouldn't have a business. So it's like, how Mm -hmm. do you balance that in both perspectives, right? Like you have to be willing to help other people as well, you know, and then you're trying to make a profit, right? So that's literally 90% of my work is like making sure like all of that's going well and stuff like that, right? There's a lot of like, you you know this too, like just, you know, you always have got, they come to do, right? There's always stuff like that Mm -hmm. when you have your own business. There's always small things that like can't tell anybody else to do. You just have to get it done, right? So a lot of that then. So how would you say a family business is different from working a nine to five? Um, uh, I think the first thing, like I tell a lot of people is just like, uh, something I realized recently, a lot of my friends have started businesses or trying to, and have just got it in. Right. I tell them like, if you mm-hmm. don't have the capital at the start of a business, which a lot of people don't, unless you have like foreign investments or something like that. Right. Um, yep. if you don't have the capital. A lot of the work is by your hours. Then, right. You are not mm-hmm. really going to be paying yourself. You'll be paying the business or the business will be making revenue. But it's like you have to put in those extra hours then for that business to be successful, right? Yeah. So the biggest difference is like I work less hours daily night than the nine to five, other than when I'm busy, like extremely busy. But I work almost seven days. It's always in the back of my head that something that's due on Monday, like I will have to do it on Saturday, Sundays. Whereas another people be like, yeah. well, I'm off till Monday, right? Like I don't really have anything to mm-hmm. do. Um, yeah. That's, I think, the biggest difference. And it's just like, uh, in our perspective, our business is everything for us, right? It is like mm-hmm. we revolve around the business so much just because it is a 24-7 business too. So like we start yeah. getting calls sometimes. Like we've literally today, it was like 7 a.m. and we got a call from a client, right? And it's like, we start getting them early and we've had times where it's like 10.30. We had this recently, 12.30 on Christmas, right? Like guy calls in the middle yeah. of the night, like we need a guard. And it's like, it's constantly there, right? So just working those things is something that's different from a nine to five, right? So can you ever take time for yourself and go on vacation? Or is it something you always have to be on edge about? So that's something recently that my whole goal has been for, I guess, 2022, 2023, actually. And then if I can complete it by this year, it's just full, I guess, like autonomy of the business as much as you can possibly get without having the fails of not having a human in the front, right? That's something I've been working mm-hmm. on. And that's why I've, I guess I've been busy. Um, it's just figuring out that balance then, right? So in regards to vacations and stuff like that, um, my dad's gone on vacations. I've gone on vacations. We've only gone together once to Toronto for about four days where we overlapped. He was there for about two or three weeks. I came yeah. to him for about four or five days and then he left. And then I was there for about two, three weeks. It's very hard because there's so many things that we still do ourselves just Mm because I think my dad also wants to keep himself busy, which is one of the reasons. So because of that, it's like I can find my dad. I I, I can tell my dad to do these activities for me or like these job duties for me for this week. But Mm -hmm. then he'll have to tell me when I go. So one of us has to stay for the business then, right? Yeah. Is that potentially because it's hard to trust someone with your family business and have an external hire that could take on some of that work or is it more because um not necessarily a trust issues but difficulty letting go because it's something you've built you it's something you've seen grow so you don't want to take any risks 
Hmm, that's a good question, actually. That goes both ways. I know that for my mom, she'll be like the business should always stay in the family, and then you know expansion should be done through us ourselves only, right? Which is that's one of the reasons for the like autonomy and making it, I guess, as computerized as possible because the computer can do a lot of this work for you, right? But it's also like, like I said before, my dad just wants things to do. Um, he's you know sixty one, sixty two now. So it's like he doesn't want to be old. So he's finding things to do, and it's yeah. like he'll find things that like. Um, there's a lot of times like he'll go out for a site for a patrol or something, right? Like we have certain mm-hmm. sites where we have to go four times a day, five times a day. He'll go out himself once during the day. And I'll be like, like sure, but then now when he's not gonna go, I have to go do it. And I was just like, yo, like what are you doing, yeah. right? But you know, I guess that's the biggest difference, then, right? Interesting. Yeah. Aside from the business itself, let's say, would you go back to school and either to complete that degree or if not, what field of study would you want to explore? Would I go back to school? It's weird because like um, a lot of the, a lot of my friends, almost all of them are extremely educated compared to me, especially too, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think because of that, I do want to go back and I just want to complete my degree. But I feel like it is an extreme waste of time at the same time. But you know, my dad always says this too, like, you know, something happens to the business, nobody can take your education away. So because of that, I do want to, mm-hmm. you know, finish it up for him, right? In regards yeah. of anything else, I've always wanted to become like a very high profession or like, you know what people look at, like, I'm a doctor or dentist or, you know, whatever else, engineer, that's literally the other one. Like, that's why I was like, yo, it'd be yeah. so cool if you could actually tell people like, hey, like, like how you're going to be doing it in a couple of years, like, hey, I'm a lawyer. Or like I'm a dentist, right? You know, these this pretty mm-hmm. like okay. He's spent like eight years in school, and he's dealt with this stuff. Yeah. It's kind of cool seeing that, right? So it's like down the line, you know, I could look into something like that. Do you feel like it would be a genuine passion though, or something that, um, like solely because your friends have gone through the educational process, got degrees, is it solely to be part of that group, or would it be for your own personal satisfaction? I think now it'd be for my satisfaction before it was definitely Mm. for, uh, you know, how people say for the clout, right? Like, uh, I don't know how you guys have it in Toronto, but in, you know, Vancouver, it's like UBC is that school for a lot of people, especially if you get into like engineering Mm. right away and stuff. A lot of people be like, ah, they call, you know, like UBC, UBC, engineer or whatever. It is a thing. It's still a thing Mm -hmm. in our culture, even though like, you know, generally speaking, SFU and these other universities are very good too, right? So it is a it is mm-hmm. a clout thing, right? So originally I used to think that, but now it's more so that like I understand the value of education. You know, I'm 26, and I think mm. you know, Hornasanti yeah. idea in that perspective, like especially when my dad was like, "Yo, Jacob Hoge or something," right? Like you'll still yeah. have your education. You can still put that you worked at Hilton for your, like, you know, whatever. You can still have a great resume if you have a different mm-hmm. degree or something, right? So I think because yeah. of that is when I was like. I think that's that's a difference now. Do you think that, um, or what are some of the qualities you feel like that make a good entrepreneur? Uh, and I ask this because you wear a lot of hats as part of the job. You're going on sites, you're handling scheduling, you're taking in the calls. So in your specific line of work, what do you feel like makes a good entrepreneur? That's a hard question. Recently, I've become very, uh, I guess like my thinking has changed. I guess that's just due to getting older. Before, I used to think it was a lot of hard work, which it is. 
But then there are so many people I know that work really hard and don't have the like success or the results of other people. So somewhere down the line, there is some sort of luck that gets involved or just something that works for you that may not work for somebody else. And that simply may mm-hmm. in a family business, especially when you're like the main owner and it's only like two or three workers with you or whatever. Right. You know, a lot of businesses yeah. are like that, like cabinetry and all these yeah. guys, they have the main guy and like three, four guys that work with them. Right. When it's like mm-hmm. that, like your personality matters too. Cause like people be like, yo, I want to work with this guy. I was like, yo, this guy is yeah. not a nice person. You know, I know that he doesn't pay his employees. I'm not going to work with them. So it's like small things yeah. like that, that really matter uh, in the grand scheme of things. Right. And mm-hmm. I guess that's, yeah, that's mostly, yeah, I guess that's what it is then. Could you repeat the question too? It was just what you think makes a good entrepreneur and some qualities they should have. Like, yeah, damn, huh? That is my answer then, I guess. Like, working <laughs> hard is something that, like, everybody says, but it's like, yo, I don't really know anybody that doesn't work hard. Like, Hmm. So people say like yo you're supposed to yeah. work seven days a week but i was like yo like what's wrong with working five days a week you're you know that's like 70 percent of your week gone already on work how much harder do you expect a person mm-hmm. to work right and yep i guess that goes off on a tangent if you don't mind me talking about this is that uh, a lot of punjabi people especially my age people they'll be like you know i work this hard enough but i'll be like yo i've seen your previous financial backings like i can say the same thing my dad had a house Right. That's a very big yep. thing in this. You have a house. I can be like, yo, mm-hmm. like, Joe, I work seven days a week, 16 hours a day. Like, Joe, I can say that. But it's like I wouldn't have been in that position if it wasn't for the fact that my dad was already fairly successful in the fact that he bought a house. Right. Joe, that house when he bought mm-hmm. it was 300, 400,000 or whatever. Right. But, yep. you know, now house values, even in Toronto, like something that was 300,000 is five, a million now. Same thing here. Right. I think that like a lot of these kids mm-hmm. go like, oh, I did this, but it's like, yo, you failed. Your mortgage is still only 500 or to like $2,000 max. You can find a minimum wage job and pay it off. Right. So I was like very, I tell a lot of my friends that go like, oh, this guy, you know, he did this, but I'll be like, yo, realistically, like I seen him graduate with me. I, I saw what he was driving. Yo, he already had, he was already on third base. He didn't hit a home run. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's something that makes me think that like a lot of it is luck is somebody that, you know, is born into a family that isn't as successful or something and they work just as hard, they may not make it as far as somebody that's already in that position, right? That's a, yeah. that's a you know, kind of like a, a downer, I guess, in other words, but it is something that I've realized yeah. recently, like it is part of yeah. being successful right now. I, I think it's part of appreciating the privilege because if you don't do that, then you don't necessarily set a benchmark for yourself. Because um, mm-hmm. for example... Similarly, my parents bought a house when I was fairly young and we've moved since. But I'm thinking to myself that I don't have anything to worry about while I pursue my studies because they were able to not only support the house, but the tuition that goes with Mm it um, and all of the other supports. I uh, I know my parents will always mention to to other uncles and aunties like, yeah, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, my cat does nothing. Yeah. It's like paying for gas. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, no, I think I think that's important. I think appreciating one's privilege um, sets a good benchmark to compare yourself against. And if anything should motivate you rather than make it full stop yeah. that I've made it once I've achieved X, Y, Z. Sorry, I was just going to add in how you like, oh, karcha chakabaya. 
but you're like your karcha's only just gash and like probably insurance and just small things like yo you're gonna go buy a meal yeah. once in a while or like actually you don't even eat out but like generally speaking like for me kara <laughs> yo is not that much yeah. like that reminds me like yeah. i know he made good money thirty dollars an hour or something he spent his mm-hmm. entire first paycheck on these like twenty two hundred dollar glasses like sunglasses or i don't know they were like red for some reason right <laughs> And there were, I forgot what brand is, some expensive <laughs> brand that I haven't heard of. But like the reason he can do that, like one of my friends told me is that, yo, his karchi or nothing. At the end of the day, it's like his dad. Yeah. So, and then like, that's it. Right? Yeah. God is paid off or whatever dad is working for him. And I was like, yo, these guys, like, if you mm-hmm. don't realize that it's very hard to like, then I don't know, put it in perspective. Like, you said, yeah. right. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Yeah. If, if you were to do it all over again, um, would you join the business? It's hard to say no, just because I've seen what the business hmm. um, has got into. Um, but yeah. funny enough, I when I was younger, I really liked doing the outside work, like not the office stuff, but going out to mm-hmm. the field, working shifts, working with the guards, doing this, you know, as people say, dirty work, right? Which, you know, uh, that's what I've right. heard other people say, right? So it's like, it's dirty work, he's doing the labor. But it was like, I really liked that growing up just because, you know, it gives you purpose as a kid, right? But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know the success of the business would be this much at that age. I feel like I'd be very worried that I'd feel like, yo, I don't know if like I'd be able to take it to the heights it is, or even if like how much my dad's moved it forward, right? How, how progressive it's gotten. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if it would ever have gone there back in the day. So it's kind of like, it's kind of scary just thinking about like, yo, if it failed, like what could have happened? Right. And then mm-hmm. um, the biggest difference, like I talk about like the technology that's getting involved and stuff. Like I would have done that. I would have focused more on that. I had a good idea when mm-hmm. I was coming out of high school and stuff about like all this new technology and like how people are using coding and all, you know, very simple stuff like that, mm-hmm. making it super advanced and making it, you know, you know, like replying to emails and stuff like that. It's a very simple thing now, yeah. but back then it's kind of, it's a big idea like doing that. Right. So I was like, if I realized mm-hmm. that stuff then, I think it would have been the stuff I'm working on now. I wouldn't have worked on it. It would have already been done like two, three years ago, maybe even more than that. Right. Yeah, so you so you would have entered. You would just have um, a clearer vision for how to help the business, yeah, it's, rather it's, than just jumping in. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it's it's hard to say because like knowing the success of the business is the main reason I still work for it because it is you know in in simple mm-hmm. words successful, right? Yeah. If it wasn't, I don't know if I would have worked as much for it. I think I might have gotten a different job on the side and you know work Saturdays, Sundays, or just you know part time for the business, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. Yeah. So luckily enough, Hilton is a very established security company. Uh, when we talk about uh, interacting with clients, because it's now established, I'm sure you have that list of clients that come back to you often and have a stable foundation for the business. So how much of your work is still entrepreneurial? Are you still seeking new clients, reaching out and essentially selling them your services? Or are you now sitting back and working with the clients you already have? Has anybody ever like told you that you're a very good host? <laughs> Usually it's not on the episode. So no, I, I was like, okay, I, I feel like I'm not being as professional as I should be, but all the podcasts I've heard are very casual. So I guess my perspective is a little slewed, I guess, but um, regarding an entrepreneur, like it is still there. Um, it's still there. It'll always be there just because yes, people will come to you. They'll ask you for quotes. This happens mm-hmm. a lot. They'll ask you for, but you still have to sell your services for your price. Um, 
what I mean by that, like mm. we have a lot of strata companies come to us a lot. Um, yeah, a lot of strata companies recently, especially recently, I guess just, you know, with the rates going up of the market and all that, crime has also increased. Yep. So they need security, very simply put, mm. right? They've come to us and it's like, yep. they've be like, we work with you or whatever, we heard great things, but you still have to tell us a price and you still, like we'll still have to tell the council members or whatever, this is what their price is and you still have to sell it, right? So we do have yeah. a lot of people asking us for our business, but it's like, we still have to sell ourselves. So that's always there is that like, yep. um, my, our ex general manager, Ron Clifford, who passed away, like he was very good at that because he had 50 years of experience, mm. like in the police force, he was on the wow. SWAT. He was a private investigator. He worked like he had 50 years. Wow. He was 70, like four when he passed away. So like he's been working since he was 24 in other words, or like even longer, actually, like it's yeah. incredible. He could just tell his mm. life and people be like, yeah, okay, we trust this guy, right? So that's something that you'd be like, yeah, yeah. what is this like 26-year-old kid that's a lot of our people are, Damn. you know, like we're on a Punjabi podcast. I'll tell you honestly, Gore Humdea. I'm like, what does this young kid know about our lifestyle? This guy, like he's a kid, right? Yeah. That's that's a big thing, right? Mm. And then um Yeah. Maintaining clients is something that's also there that that will always be there. You always have to tell the client what is your worth of like what is the the services that I'm providing they're worth this much to you. Yeah, like obviously money it's always gonna be there. The flat number is gonna be there, what we charge them per month, per whatever hour or whatever, right? You also have to tell them like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're charging you this much because this is much this is what we do for you. This is like small things we do, right? And then um yeah. I guess that leads into something like my dad realizes like a lot of the Punjabi workers we have, they don't mind doing a little bit of extra. Closing a door or a gate, you know, like you have to do it in the rain or whatever. They're like Tello Tika, right? So that's something we started doing almost everywhere. But like yeah, you have your property management guys come out to close gates or your truckers come out to close their own gates. But I see we got then it's small things like that. They'll be like, yo, other people won't do that. Like this, they will do that, right? And then um, yep. regarding, I guess, more entrepreneurial stuff, like we just had an event just this weekend, actually, on the Sunday, Saturday, whatever, March 1st, March 2nd, I think. Um, mm-hmm. There, like we were all there, but like like we were all obviously our guards were there, and I went out too, right? But we still had to like mm-hmm. there was a lot of people to meet there that like go like oh yeah we work with you or falan nothing and opening jobs like you can meet the you would still sell yourself there and be like Hanji they like you know this guy yeah. too great like you know small world or whatever it's always just part yeah. of like the family business will always have that because people will know who you are when it is your business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like my dad has yeah. so much just become the brand himself of Hilton Security Group, right? Yeah. So that's, I guess it's just always there. It's always going to be there, right? Do you know how your dad started up this business development and getting clients as someone who was pretty new? I, th- I think he took a pretty big risk establishing this company. Do you know how those first few clients were brought in by him you know, it, it's crazy to look back and see how he started a business like my dad yeah. drove taxi for 14 i think years 15 years pretty much once he moved to british columbia right mm-hmm. it was just like he worked in a bakery for a while but like my dad can only make jobs so i don't know if that was a successful job <laughs> and then uh you know like taxi like actually put in the work yeah. right and then um mm-hmm. that in like 2009, he started working part time with the security company. So at that time, my dad had a couple of taxis, mm-hmm. and it was a great time to sell them. So that's another thing. I don't know if like people know that, but you could sell like your license for the taxi. And my dad was able to yep. 
procure them for cheaper and able to sell them for a little bit more, which was, you know, you're happy, right? Um, with that yeah. money, he was able to, I guess, put into another company where he worked for a while. And then in 2011-ish, he started by himself. And like wow. the first desk, we still have this because it's a very nice desk, but it was in our garage. And I, I think back, like, how yeah. did anybody ever do that? Like he actually had his first hire of a guard in the garage, right? And it was like such a foreign wow. concept to me, right? Like he did it in the garage, right? Like it's not a desi thing. It's like, yeah. The person got hired the same day he got the job, got the uniform the same day and he worked the same day. That was straight up how it worked. Wow. And then our first client wow. literally um, was from somebody else that asked like, oh, I just need a bandha to work two days a week, right? And then that guy was like, I'll mm-hmm. give you, I don't know, it was like $15 an hour or whatever. And we just hired a bunch of, yeah. and then it was just small things that kept going. And then um, one thing my dad was very adamant was about, he's like, yo, you're always going to look good when you're wearing uniform. People will know that you're part of the team. He was very, very stressed on this, yeah. like always from day one. He always wore a tie, so he always got the employees, no matter what side it was, Gundeji side or whatever, you have to wear a tie. Mm-hmm. You have to wear a dress shirt, wow. you know, Hilton lettering on your jacket, no matter what. Mm-hmm. That then led into a lot of our bigger clients because they were like, yo, these guys look good. Doesn't matter that they're yeah. all brand they recognition. Can't speak English. They do the job well. Mm-hmm. And that's how the business just yeah. grew then, right? Wow. He he built a brand on his own essentially yeah and it's like that, that that's crazy to think it's about it's crazy because like i've had uh like i was talking about meaty beady like that's uh meaty beady mm-hmm. nugget is something we have in surrey that's like a smaller local nugget kitchen. still pretty big but you know yeah. not as big as the Vasaki one the abrao one that we have right mm-hmm. that one like uh we did security there for like four or five years straight and then one year they're like jello we're gonna go with somebody else we're like jello like we did it on donation jello you want to go with somebody else i'm not gonna stop you right like it's whatever yeah. They did exactly what we did. Like we wear these vests, they look like bulletproof vests and like all the mm-hmm. guards would wear black and you know, like they would do the exact same copy. And I remember two people called me that same day. Like, yo, are these your guys? How come it says a different company? And then like one of them was a realtor. So he's pretty successful. And he was like, when people start copying you is when you know you've made it. Right. And I see a lot yeah, of these wow. Surrey companies do that now. And I was just like, yo, like I can mm-hmm. actually say like, holy, like, obviously yeah but like uh my dad has started that it's like yo it's crazy to think that yeah. like this desi jata that lives with me has started that right and it's like that's yeah. crazy to think about then right and like like you were saying he is the brand yeah. he is like he can't wear a coat pant and go out because people would want to see him in you know uniform and stuff right so mm-hmm. to this day right it's crazy damn that, that's also a different way of looking at it because if I saw that, I'd be very annoyed that someone was copying me, but I didn't realize at the same time it's actually an indication of success. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. That, that's impressive. Just just knowing your dad and being... Sorry? You were saying? Yep. Yeah. No, j- just being around your dad and seeing his personality yeah. and now picturing him in those roles at the very start, yeah. it adds up. Yeah. It does add up. So it, it's very cool to think yeah, about. Yeah, and it's like... Um... When, like it wasn't till the realtor told me like how you said i'd be upset i was i was kind of like yo like you know these guys are doing the same thing we do getting their getting publicity or whatever right and like they're copying us mm-hmm. but the realtor's like yeah. yo people are gonna know they copied you and it's like they're gonna know they're the mm-hmm. knockoff right yeah. like, the people that will need to know they'll know so you'll lose one or two clients yeah. randomly but the amount you'll gain be like yo that's the knockoff let's go with the real people it's huge right and then yeah. like uh my dad bought a, a jeep right and he'd put the simple mm-hmm. hilton security decals this same person bought a Hummer and did the same thing. And I was like, okay, now it's like, you're doing every single thing we did. It's crazy (laughs) to see that though. 
What do your interactions with employees look like? So you're, again, overseeing a lot of the operational side. Yeah. Are you interacting with them on a daily basis, weekly basis? The sites that have a lot of movement, absolutely. Or like changes, I, could, I should say, absolutely. The sites mm-hmm. that are very static, it's more so I send out post uh, operations or like Jaspreet who works with us as well excuse me, in the office, mm-hmm. we'll send out like post operation or just, you know, change a little bit of, uh, you know, your SOPs, your standards of procedures. And then the guard will read them and they'll confirm off on them. And they'll, you know, like be like, these are the changes I accept or whatever. I acknowledge these are the changes I will start doing this. Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, the simple sites where, you know, you're opening okay. a gate or just, you know, patrolling and stuff. A lot of the sites that have constant changes, constant movements, a lot of construction sites at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that are changing. Those are the sites that like, I call the guard or I see them and I tell them these are the changes. Like you have to know this because like something happens with injury or something and be like, why didn't you tell them or something? Right. So those are the sites um, Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of talking with the employees. Um, Anytime we do a event, right. Uh, Just any of these events we've been doing recently. uh, Whenever we do those, there's a lot of hands-on security. Me and my dad will do, right. Those are the reasons we get so busy. Right. So just this weekend, we mm-hmm. had one of those, like I said, like me and my dad both went and it's like, we don't really charge the client for that because it's just, you know, six or eight hours of mm-hmm. day. If we're already, you know, not too busy that day, we can handle it. Right. But it's like, they always yeah. love seeing that little, like, you know, the owners here, the bosses here, the supervisors here, mm-hmm. they've come out to help out. And then, you know, like, you know, you talk with these people, you'd be like, yo, here's my card. And they like, like that. So it's like a lot of that. The guards also, mm-hmm. like, this is something I learned from our supervisor, Vicky, cousin Vicky, you've met him, right? Um, he, yeah. whenever, like, he's a supervisor for us, too, obviously, and he works a lot of these, like, uh, event sites, whenever there's a Mela, Kabaddi tournament, whatever, all these random things mm-hmm. we do. He will also never tell the guard, like, yo, go do a round here. He'll be like, Chala, si round and that's something I learned, mm. that these guards, they know yeah. he's in higher authority, but they have, mm-hmm. like, they know he's a higher authority, so they respect him. But they also see him as a mm-hmm. friend, and not just this guy's my boss yep. or whatever, right? You know, if I, you know, goof off or whatever, he'll mm-hmm. get upset. But it's like, they'll have that. And that was something that I think it was awkward between me and a lot of these employees because I was, I'd speak English around them. Be like, you know, we're professional. I'll see, Marana, yeah. we speak English. And I realized like, yo, that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The service is good. Like, I'm not going to yeah. care that this one guy can't really speak the best of English, right? That's when you start mm-hmm. talking with Jabi and like, that's when you get closer. And that led to, I think, the guards also being yeah. better because they're like, yo, this is, really what i kind of work for it's nice having that right yeah and then um no 100 percent. yeah sorry you were gonna say i was gonna say for them to feel comfortable is already almost a luxury because um being an international student or being someone newly in from india Mm -hmm. and then having to work for someone who doesn't um understand you relate to you or doesn't speak the language versus having someone who actually yeah. is with you um can have those casual conversations with you i think that's a big difference mm-hmm. yeah you're absolutely right it's it's why i think my dad was also successful is because like a lot of these guys could be like this guy kind of looks like me or he's from my band or right that like yo and he's done this like yo you know like we can work out or we can do a security company or whatever and that's led to a lot of success in the field for a lot of Punjabis too i think so right yeah. I know we've spoken a lot about your dad building up the business. Do you ever feel um, a sense of lack of accomplishment because you entered an existing structure versus building one like your dad did? I I don't think I feel a lack of accomplishment, but I also always remind myself uh, that like, yo, like, 
I didn't really achieve any of this, right? Like in, in like profit margins and just percentages and actual numbers that you know, were more successful since I've really taken, you know, like full, not full control since I've worked properly with my dad as a partner mm-hmm. not under him, right? But that, mm-hmm. then again, it's like the base was already there. Like I spoke about this before. It's already there yeah. for me. Like I was on second base. I just have to complete whatever, or like, you know, finish off the home run. Obviously that doesn't make any sense, but yeah, like I was already there halfway. Now I just have to yeah. complete the run in other words. Yeah. Right. So that's also okay. something that like, I always remind myself that like, you know, like, like look at where you are now, but it's like, remember your starting point wasn't too far from here actually compared to how different it was mm-hmm. for my dad, where like, like all of our parents, like India, the way, right? Like, they, you know, my dad yeah. knew nothing about a business. He didn't have a license when he came here, right? Mm-hmm. Now he drove taxi and became this, yeah. right? So it's like always, you know, it's always good to have that. I think it keeps you grounded as well because of that. Um, like, mm-hmm. it's just hard to say that I've accomplished any of it because I didn't start it. I think so. I didn't ever have to worry about the financials and stuff because that was already taken care of. It was for, yep. We were looking at growth when I really started working, right? So that's a different mm-hmm. section of the business is like you know when you're looking at growth compared yep. to starting up right do you use that as motivation to continue helping the business grow knowing that you weren't part of the startup but you still want to see it go further is it because of your dad is it because um of everything that he's built around it yeah i kind of um it goes a little bit more to the other side whereas i want to see my dad you know like reap what he sowed like this is all the work he's put in. Mm. So he bought the new house and it's yeah. like, I want him to realize like, you know, I'm only working hard. So like you're going to see your, like your dreams even more or whatever. Right. Like you work so hard for me. I get mm-hmm. it. Like, like I'll repay you as much as I can. Right. So I kind of see that yeah. that gives me motivation wow. just as in like, you know, my dad's very easy to work with, which is something I'm super blessed for. something I didn't realize growing up. That like, yeah. you know, he's very easy to work with for, you know, like a boss, right. At the end of the day, it's like, yeah. he won't tell you to do something that he wouldn't do. Right. So it's super easy to do that wow. because like yeah. he's worked in the field too. So he can actually say these things and be like, yo, somebody's going to be like, you know, it's hard to do this. And be like, Matt, I'm going to go to the right? Like, what are you going to complain about? Right. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it grounds you a little bit that all this 60 year old guy is saying this, like, or whatever we figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always just there that like, you know, that since he's done it and stuff, like I should be able to do it. No problem. Just seven days a, like, a week mm-hmm. thing is easy because. He did it when there was stress of making money. I'm doing it. The money's already yeah. covered. I'm doing it just to grow the business, right? So it's like very different in that yeah. perspective, right? Hmm. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned that crime was going up, so security is needed a little bit more. Yeah. How does how does that news impact your employees? Are they feeling afraid on the job or do you ever come across that concern? Before, no. Before, we were never afraid. It's crazy, right? Like, like. Yeah, like mm-hmm. people would like it was just different because back then um when my dad first started like people just some people didn't have cell phones when they went to jobs it was crazy like how do you keep yeah. contact with these guys it was it was the wild west then right like in 2010 it's not that long mm-hmm. ago but some of these people didn't have cell phones they had home phones and they yeah. would you know like how would you keep track of them if something happened you wouldn't know right so back then and then for a mm-hmm. while it got very calm i guess so right sorry looked pretty okay even like the dirtier or the dangerous areas of vancouver like east vancouver was decent it wasn't bad but then mm-hmm. this year 2022 summer onwards is the first time we've been our guards have been assaulted we've had three assaults like wow. one of them is going to court and it's like a full case and like he was air maced mm-hmm. and he was like almost unable to breathe and it's like 
it's the first time we've had this happen in yeah. ever i can see so we never had it happen at this level mm-hmm. i can say so because of that like it is scary because the guards are like yo like i've worked here for two years and all of a sudden i've seen this happen mm-hmm. now it's kind of like and then you get news gets around but we also yeah. have to send out a bulletin whenever something like this happens because it is part of like you know work mm-hmm. bc and our of general course. safety guidelines so everybody knows it's kind of yeah. like that's when people are like oh like this is serious huh like all the training you get or whatever they teach you is real like <laughs> yo you actually have to be ready yeah so that that's it's interesting in that perspective but it's also like a lot of these people that are asking for security like a lot of these smaller companies can't actually afford having a guard out or something mm-hmm. cameras are great if your insurance will be yeah. like yeah it's great you had cameras we'll actually reimburse you if they're like yo like this isn't the proper precautions or something then you're, you know right like these guys can't afford to pay mm-hmm. another employee in other words right so that's something yeah. that's hard it's like just helping people out and it's like sometimes you can be like yo like this is the most i can do right yeah Yeah. how do you deal with the guards themselves feeling a bit uneasy or being afraid on the job how do you do that damage control to make them feel secure where they are so that's something that i i'll be honest i'm still learning um like there's a lot of like wcb like the worksafe bcs are like uh British, uh, British Columbia wide, provincial wide, uh, safety, like company thing, right? Whatever, every company mm-hmm. needs it you to get approved, yep. whatever. They charge you a small percent or whatever. They also have a lot of stuff online that helps out with how to deal that, right? It's like a free HR account mm-hmm. and you can use it, excuse me, like all the time. It's very good in that perspective, but it's like, it's in English. Mm-hmm. Our guards, majority, our Punjabi, how do you, you know, how do you connect with them like that? Because these guards are also like, yeah. It's like, no, you can't, right? But they're ready, right? Some of these guys are like, no, I'm going to go to the gym, right? But it's mm-hmm. like, in yeah. that perspective, it's hard because so the ones that are scared are the ones that have families or have kids or, you know, yeah. you know aren't that old. They're like, you know, 30 years old, 35, or just starting a family. They're like, mm-hmm. yo, like, I, I you know, I want to be alive, obviously, right? So it's like yeah. talking to them and understanding, like, like, here are what you're supposed to be doing and, like, how do you not put yourself in these situations, right? But then it's mm-hmm. super hard because yep. some of the sites, you will always put yourself in those situations, right? So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, like you properly have to tell them everything, like, and it's hard. Actually, it's something, like yeah. I said, I'm still learning that, especially the connecting yep. to like Punjabi people compared to like um, an English mm-hmm. handbook, I guess. So it's something that I'm learning still. Yeah, it, it really speaks to how important communication is when you're running your own business. Absolutely. And not only from a client perspective, but like you mentioned with your cousin, uh, talking to them in Punjabi, going on rounds with them, yeah. and then now expressing all of this like critical information that's only available in English yeah. in the handbook in Punjabi so they understand what mm-hmm. they're actually getting themselves into and how they can defend themselves. Um, what's been the best and worst part of your work with Hilton so far? Uh, best and worst. I feel like I answered these before, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I think you, well, we've talked about this before a couple of times. Okay. Um, best, but knowing everything you know now, yes, what's the best and worst? The best is that, like, okay, uh, I'm going to say the same thing for both. The best is that okay. Hilton is like Grajan Singh Sandhu, aka my dad, and Grajan Singh Sandhu is Hilton. Everything we do, like our license plates, even for our private vehicles, they all say like HLTN dash whatever, number seven, number eight, yep. right? Like every single one of them yeah. says it. So it's always going to be us. So that's still is great because people will recognize you. Be like, Acha, you're driving like the Hilton Gaddi or whatever. And you'd be like, yeah, that's my dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Or my dad will be like, oh, like 
one of my friends has this very similar license movie like oh that's my son right or you know somebody that works with us so it's the recognition is always mm-hmm. there and it's always good to do that but it's like everywhere you go though at the same time it's like the worst part is that you are always going to be hilted right and it's like your sense yeah. of identity almost it, like for me is especially it's been warped into that like hilton is everything i do and it's like especially when i go out it's like sometimes you're just like I can't be, I don't know, like at any event or something like that and not be professional or even just mm-hmm. be myself, I guess, because like you're representing Hilton yeah. just because somebody will know who you are, right? And it mm-hmm. makes you into a more somewhat secluded in that perspective. But it's also like yeah. it's the best and the worst, right? For my dad, it's just the best. He doesn't care that, you know, Hilton is, he loves that, right? <laughs> For me, like, yeah. it's kind of like I, I don't mind like having my own own identity. So, because of that, it's like the best in the world, right? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, as someone who doesn't necessarily work a nine to five, but you have to be alert almost twenty four seven, do you ever experience burnout? And how do you recover from those, or how do you prevent those from happening? I've never had like an extreme burnout, but I, it's constantly every weekend. Okay. I feel like just in the back of my head, I was kind of like, I'm tired. Just, just mentally, you're always yeah. tired, and then uh. That goes to, I guess, a lot of Sikhi uh, perspective, how we go like, yo, chardikala or tiyar par tiyar, right? Like, you mm-hmm. always have yeah. to be in that mindset. But it is yeah. hard. And just, like, even for you, you probably dealt with that just in school, that, like, you know, the final goal for you is something, you know, beyond your wildest dreams is when, like, you know, when you made it type of thing, right? When you become a lawyer for you, like, you're yeah. like, you know, Portuguese, right? Or whatever, right? I mm-hmm. see the end goal every single time, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, I just don't want to work today, or I just don't want to do this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Especially when it's like, yeah. you know, you have something random to do in the middle of the day. It's like 3 p.m. You have to go out and give a key to somebody or something. It's just, how do any, yeah. you're just like, okay, man, like, want to talk again, right? One thing I've, mm-hmm. um, I guess I've done, this has happened recently, especially when we bought our new house. It's that, like, I realized it's like, I should be grateful for the opportunity I'm in, right? I should be grateful for what has been given to me. I should be grateful for that. Like, you know, just the way I was raised and stuff. So it's like, it's always like, you always have to think of that. And that becomes um, hard when you don't have the proper self-control or the self-realization mm-hmm. for that then, right? Because when you, yeah. you know, when you become to that level that like, yo, I realize it, but I'm still like in a burnout, then it's very hard to recover. So I'm glad I haven't had that. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of my employees yeah. have been like, you know, I've been working the same job for so long, to pass there, whatever. But it's like, did I really leave India for this? Did I really leave India for this? Because it's the best mm-hmm. job I'll get to for a while. Some of these guys will not get better jobs, yeah. unfortunately, right? And then it's like, wow. you know, for them, it's really hard because they're like, I wake up, I go to yeah. work, I go to sleep. Then after working 12 hours and it's like, I want days off. Like, you know, but that's it, right? And it's like, yeah. um, when they like, like I've only heard that really once, but like a lot of these guys don't complain. So it goes back to the same thing as like, how can I complain then? Right. If, if the position Mm -hmm. I'm in is better than theirs, how can I complain? It's what gets very, very, you know, hard because of that. Yeah. You mentioned being raised and you also mentioned Chattikala. I'm glad you brought that up. You were essentially raised by Gorsik parents Mm -hmm. or at least since the time the company's been in operation, it's been, through your dad who was a Gursik at that time. So how has Sikhi been part of your day-to-day life? What values did they instill in you? Um, and how do you bring those to the business, if at all? Um, I guess like the first thing, you know, you learn like 
a lot of the key at the end of the day is just becoming a good person. I think so. Very simply put, obviously it's not that simple, and I don't think it'll ever be. But mm-hmm. very simply, if you had to explain, like it's you know becoming a good person, I think that leads. It was very easy for me to realize certain times, well, whatever we're doing in the business or whatever is like, yo, should it be doing that or that's not correct or whatever they're doing is not correct. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy because of that. That's one of the first things that Sikki has bought up. And I think just other things like my dad would always be like, you know, go to the Gordwar or something, right? So you kind of, and then I'd like go to the Gordwar or something and I wouldn't do other things. You kind of realize like, total people are busy. They have things to do. And they want to go to the Gurdwara. You have to give them time off. And if they like, request time off on like, yeah. a week before or a day before, it's like, kade kade theka, right? like we're all mm-hmm. human. And I think that's something like before my dad was very like, uh, you can't be late, whatever. Now it's kind of like equity to hold on that, right? My dad understands that. That's mm-hmm. just becoming more relaxed as growing up. But that I think is just the way like he has raised me and just the way he was raised, I think. So it's a little bit of both. And yeah. then, um, other mm-hmm. things in city, like I said, tiar bar tiar, that's another thing. Like all of our guards, yeah. like when we tell them, like you have to wear your uniform, even at the sites, well, you'll never see a person come by because you're in the middle of nowhere, right? You're 70 acres deep in random yeah. forest or something, and you have to watch a random machine. Like we literally had a site like that. Mm-hmm. You still got to wear your uniform because like, you know, you got to be yeah. ready, right? So mm-hmm. small things like that, that just... Like the tiar but tiar thing is something I think that my dad takes to life like very serious. The first thing he does when he wakes up, he wakes up yeah. early and he gets ready, even if he's not going anywhere. It's, it's crazy, right? So yeah. it's it, I think that's just things like now I realize like just waking up to do something, even if you have nothing to do, is always like mm-hmm. what's the worry? You're gonna lose out on an hour of sleep or something, right? So you know, yeah. the stuff like that that I think is really from a Sikhi background it's because i'm a, it's because i'm from a Sikhi background is because yeah. i is, is why i can do that then i think so interesting mm-hmm. interesting it's it's cool to see that a lot of the discipline grows out of Sikhi. we've seen that a lot with a lot of the professionals yeah. because it's a lot of the subtle things that they grew up doing mm-hmm. or even being forced to wake up at a certain yeah. time um that then becomes habit in your in your professional career yeah. Um, now we're gonna actually, we're gonna sorry, kick it back a little bit. I was actually gonna say on a yeah. previous podcast, uh, pretty sure it's Parm Beers he talks mm-hmm. about like Sikhi. Uh, he talks about like Pike and a couple of other people. He's like you're supposed to help people, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if it was on the podcast or if he was talking to me. Yep. It's like, you know, you're supposed to help people, and he's like, this is why I chose my career. And he's like, uh, he was yep. an accountant before, yep. but he's like, yo, like I'm not helping anybody. I'm doing some numbers, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's good to see that. And that's when I realized, like, even for him, like just. Yeah. Once he realized, once he became older and he realized, like, this is what I would rather do because I feel like I'm good at it. And it's like, mm-hmm. it makes me feel good too, right? It's something that's like, it's yeah. good to see, right? Yeah, I, I'm glad that the, I'm <laughs> not glad that the gurus brought this up, but the gurus gave us Kirt for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they, they did it in a way where we could do things that weren't just ethically and morally correct, mm-hmm. but also like we could have fun doing, yeah. right? Building a career for yourself being engaged in a business and being there for your family is its satisfaction on its own mm-hmm. and knowing that your guru backs it up and applauds you doing that hard work as long as it is again morally and ethically correct i think is uh, i think is the best of both worlds that's a really underrated i feel like that's why we have so many successful six mm-hmm. because we have this backing behind us and again this is our second season of six professionals yeah. it that's about 30 professionals we've we've interviewed um and there's hundreds of more yeah. uh, that could have been interviewed, but it just it just goes to show how how deeply entrenched Sikhi can be if you let it. Yeah. Um, 
In terms of throwing it back, if you were able to speak with first year undergraduate Gurleen, knowing what you know now, is there any advice or lesson that you'd give him? Any advice that I'd give to first year undergrad Gurleen? Um, I guess this is completely off tangent, but stay into fitness or just playing like sports. Hmm. That's something I dropped off. With. Yeah. I think just the fact that I was doing something made me more attentive in real life, I think so. Or like just the ability to pay attention, mm-hmm. which is once I stopped, I got lazier. So that's just something like my dad is 60 now, but like for the longest time, he was always doing something. So it's like, if yeah. I, I'd say that's one thing I'd tell myself. Um, another thing is at that age is when I first, like you really start understanding money and stuff is when you're like, you know, you see your tuition fee for the first time. And then your dad tells you, yo, it's yeah. just two months of work or something. Or like, you know, whatever, all these things. And you're kind of like, huh, mm-hmm. you know, money matters or whatever. Right? Yeah. I'd, I would tell myself, obviously, money matters, but it is not your whole life. For me, like, mm. yeah, I look back at a lot of things and I'd be like, why did I do that? And I realized it's only for money. I only, you know, did that because yeah. I wanted to have more money or whatever. And it's like, yo, you need to find, you know, happiness in these things or some other reason. Mm-hmm. like you know gratification or whatever you want out of those objectives you were chasing yeah. having money as your only objective is hard because then you become greedy and you could never get enough right that leads me yep. to something else which is at that time um you'd get like these youtubers it's like very like vine era time almost right you get these like mm-hmm. uh like people talking on like instagram and stuff is recent so it's not that old it's like youtube i guess was yep. main and facebook actually was a lot of it you get these guys talking about, oh, do mm-hmm. this and you'll become successful. Do that and you'll become successful. But it's just like mm-hmm. you have to realize everybody has a different path. Somebody going to yep. be 32 when they graduate from school. I am 26 and I haven't graduated. And I know my friend who's a lawyer mm-hmm. who's done, who's working as a lawyer at 23. Like look at the difference, right? It's like yeah. we all have our own ways of, not 23, sorry, 25. But we all have our own ways mm-hmm. of getting there. Like not everybody's going to become a lawyer yeah. at 25. Not everybody's going to finish their degree at 26 like me. And it's like some people do it earlier, some people mm-hmm. will do it later. And like, don't worry about it as long as you know yeah. you're on the right path. And I think that's also a mental thing is that coming to grasp with it, like for me especially was one thing is that like in high school, you're very intelligent. And then like once you get older, once you get the freedom not to care about school, are you? do you still have that drive yeah. to care, right? And like you probably realize yeah. this all the time. You're just like, yo, like I should just give up, right? You could be on there, right? You could be like, yeah. farmer or something simple or anything like that <laughs> and it's like, yeah. you know it's just wow. oh he got yeah. right like you just have to do it right and then that's something you tell yourself it's mm-hmm. like it gets easier but starting or continuing is the hardest part right i think it's just like it gets mm. easier it does right well, that's with anything you go to the gym it's really hard to start it's really hard to do it it yeah. gets easier over time right work studies, mm-hmm. it gets easier once you know like this is what i'm doing right I guess those are the main things that from the past to now the future, where do you see yourself in, let's say five years? Where do I see myself in five years? Well, I'll be married next year. So I think that's the first thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I, I don't know. I actually like, I used to do long-term goals and all these things, but then I guess I stopped because I just don't know why. Where do I see? That's a good question, huh? I guess it's just like, I want to see more growth, but I also want to see me being able to give back to my employees, especially, right? 
this is something mm. um yeah. i went to like this desi talk show panel thing right there's like 20 people there yeah. they're all like truckers they all work hard and one of the guys was like mm-hmm. i think he was clearly drunk i don't know if it was but he was very against a lot of these punjabi millionaires or really rich people because he's like i don't think they ethically earned it and they can't call themselves six mm-hmm. and that was a completely like a little bit of a tangent that i'm going to go on right now but he was like yeah if you're that rich how many of you are actually giving your employees overtime how many of you are giving them benefit how many mm-hmm. of you have actually helped these guys and then like we yeah. know this for a fact in our community how many of our parents or grandparents work for cash like that's isn't he, he was like yeah. isn't that like morally ambiguous that you're cutting taxes for yourself even though you're paying so it's like that's something that is like i want to see myself being able to be like here's our books here's everything it's all god mm-hmm. don't worry about it. like i have nothing to worry about right yeah. and it's like when you mm-hmm. compete it's very hard to do that because you're competitive you're in a business you're looking yeah. for number one thing in a business is profit right so it's very mm-hmm. hard right so that's something that i want to see is just like yeah. yeah i did it the right way you know the entire life mm-hmm. type of thing right so that's something that i want to see myself in a couple of years right interesting yeah a lot of a lot of my friends have been talking about how it's important to to give to the month mm-hmm. first and because if you give it to the right institutions or the people in the month that they will end up uh, producing more of those types of people yeah. right the ones that care for again humanity is very broad but i'm also again realizing how applicable it is to a business because if you take care of your own like your employees um, the people who are putting themselves out there for you, then at the end of the day, it's going to benefit the business as a whole yeah. too, right? You're going to have happy employees. Um, they might themselves be attracting clients because of the work that they mm-hmm. do, but it is a lot of at least appreciate what you have, whether it be within your business, whether it be within your family yeah. um, or the month. And if you prioritize that, I think it goes a very long mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, on that note, we are inching towards the end of our episode today. We like to end off with the random five. This is when I'm just going to ask you five totally random questions just so the listeners can get to know you better. And the first question is, what is your favorite book? What is my favorite book? Uh, I guess my answer will always be the same. And it's um, Good to Great by Jim Collins, actually. Um. This might be the only book I've read in a long time, actually. <laughs> uh, the reason I say, I actually want to know if that's the name, Jim Collins. Yeah, I used to say Phil Collins, but that's a singer. Um, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Um, I used to I used to read, uh, my dad got me when I was, or he got it from himself, obviously, but he couldn't really read English, so I'd try to like, transcribe him, describe mm-hmm. it to him. Um, the Donald Trump book, uh, The Art of Selling a Deal or something like that. I don't know. There's some random book. And at that time, Donald Trump wasn't what we know him as. He was just a billionaire. So it was kind of like, yo, I read that book or Mm -hmm. I tried understanding as much as I could. And then I read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? That's the second one that like all these DCs used to get, right? And I kind of didn't like how they were anecdotal almost. A lot of the evidence isn't there. A lot of the stuff, they go like, Mm -hmm. you should be able to do it. And then like, I was like, okay, but like, where is the proof? What are your numbers? Like, and then good to great mm. takes stock, takes the market, takes all these things that are variable, not variable proof. That's like proof because it's happened in the thing. And it yeah. shows how did this company that was making whatever 1 billion in revenue or something 
or whatever, 100 million. How did mm-hmm. it go to 5 billion in the next five years? What did it do to go from good yeah. to great? And it shows me examples. Mm-hmm. So it was very simple that like, it's not the guys just saying yeah. this is what happened. It's going to be like, very simply, this is something they did. So it's, it's yeah. true, right? So that's why it's my favorite book because I want our business to be like, in that perspective, like actually be like, it's not just, we just worked hard. I can actually be like quantitatively, we've done yeah. these things to make it go to that level, right? Interesting. The next question is, what is your favorite quote and or Bonnie Punkty? What is your favorite quote and or Bonnie Punkty? Um, just recently I was listening to Parpur uh, Singh Balbi, right? That's his name or Balbi Singh Balbi? Yep. First one, right? Parpur yeah, Singh, Singh Balbi. Yeah. Um, I really like his, uh, he says, uh, I'll do it in English just because like, I don't remember fully in Punjabi, but he goes like, in uh, I think 1746, uh, 1746, Sikh, like, you know, all those Shahid right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then he says another year, 1699, no, not, I can't remember the second year. It might be the Vardakal year. And then he goes like 1984 or uh, 1982. He's like, Hona. I was like, obviously you've heard that in the speech. He's like, is there only reason yeah. to be, you know, is there is there only just for us to become Shahid or become martyrs, right? It's like, no, it's to find, yeah. like, the reason we're becoming Shahid is for like, to get the things back and like i take it as something about mm-hmm. the sovereign state of punjab or Khalistan, right yeah i listen to that like that part always is something that i go like that would have convinced me right so that's why i go like yo that's a yeah. very good point right like that entire speech is incredible obviously but i always go listen to it and yeah. be like yo like so many people like we talk about the farmer uh, farmers uh protest and all this like yo mm-hmm. like one day i feel like I should be able to make a change just for the better in our community in Surrey. And it's like, hopefully that mm-hmm. takes over to Punjab or just generally. Right. So that's something I always yeah. keep like, that's something I always listen to or just, it's my favorite quote, I guess, in other words. Nice. What is one of your weird quirks? I like how from like a pretty serious quote, you're just like, <laughs> is one of your weird quirks. <laughs> I know. I've I wanted to change the order of yeah. the questions before, but I never have. So we'll stick with it. <laughs> what is one of your weird quirks? Oh, man. I have a lot. I'll just sleep for no reason. That's just, I feel like a lot of people do that, but I feel like it's worse with me. We're just like, oh, I have so much work to do. Let's just take a 20, like 24 hour nap, right? <laughs> uh, do that. <laughs> uh, just a lot of other things. Like, there's so many things I, I haven't realized that are, people consider weird. Like, I'm super not clean but when it comes to like food and stuff i'm very like you know you can't be spilling food in this area or if you're gonna eat here like grab a napkin mm-hmm. and stuff and people will be looking at me funny and it's just like this is something that's there right small stuff like that yeah interesting if you could going back to serious if you could meet anyone in history who would it yeah, be what is his order <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like the obvious answer is always gonna be like me maraji right but uh mm-hmm. I feel like that's too easy. I feel like everybody will say that, right? If I could meet somebody, yeah. um, I guess it'd be like Santaji would always be very cool to meet, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just anybody from that era would be very cool to meet, right? To see, like, because um, yeah. I was actually watching the uh, Babur Khalsa, the Tarm Your Morcha video. I'm pretty sure that's the video where they talk about, like, this is what we want, right? See those, uh, you've probably mm-hmm. seen the video or you've probably heard it. Like, this is what we want. Yep. You've been doing this, Hindustan, whatever, Flanda, there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just be there or something like that. Just really see what it was really yeah. about, right? And 
I think that'd be very cool, right? I think that'd be like, because then like, like, I'd, I'd like to tell them, I guess. So it's like, yo, look at like your, you know, grandkids or, your, you know, your future generation, right? Like, look at how, mm-hmm. like, look at what they've become, right? Like they're lawyers, they're doctors, they're, yeah. you know, Harjit Sajjan is the defense minister and stuff. Like, you know, up on a, Jagmeet yeah. Singh ran for like prime minister. It's like, look at what they've become, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, uh, you know, let yeah. them know that this wasn't all in vain, right? So I guess, you know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a sentimental thing, but yeah. Yeah. And last one is, what is your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can I just ask any other, like, Punjabi question or Colossi question or anything you ask? What's your biggest pet peeve? No, nah, we're, we're going we're gonna to end off with the pet yeah. peeve. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I have a... Uh, I like to be alone. I don't mind being alone, right? Um, mm. yeah. It's very easy for me to just do my own thing and just, you know go out by myself or like go for a drive or just eat, you know, whatever, very simply. Sometimes just like mm-hmm. after a long day, you just want to be by yourself and somebody just keeps talking to you or something. You're just like, yo, man, or something, right? And it's like, yeah. now that I'm engaged, right? Uh, shout out Gurleen Kaur. Uh, yeah, Gurleen Kaur. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just, you know, it's hard for some people to understand that it's just difference in culture, difference in lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? So that's my biggest pet yep. peeve, I guess. So even with Jazzy and my sister, just sometimes you're just like, yo, man, mm-hmm. just go to your own room or something, right? <laughs> fair okay so before we end off today is there anything else you want to tell our listeners um i guess like i feel like i was very negative at times in this uh, in this in this uh podcast or just generally when i was talking right now i'm not saying it's that hard in real life i'm not saying that mm-hmm. you know like everybody just if you're not if you haven't had a house like i was saying before you're not going to make it i'm not saying that i'm just saying like generally speaking you know with hard work, with manat, you'll get there, right? It's just, I think you need to understand that there's a lot more variables at times, right? It's like, a lot mm-hmm. of people say like, you know, never yeah. give up on your dreams, but it's like, yo, I'm not a basketball player yet. Come on, right? You know, like, realize <laughs> at times there are certain things you just, you won't make it to, right? Just have to know your limits. Yeah. Again, that sounds very negative and I feel like it should okay. be more positive, but like, there are goals that you know that will be, you know, achievable. Raj Kriya Khalsa is one of them. It mm-hmm. will happen, right? But then there are other things that, yeah. like, Jolo, I'm not going to become a classical player. You have to know that I'll work harder for the other one, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Awesome. So, again, thank you so much for being on the show and being so open about your experiences. I hope that the listeners got to learn more about running your own business and some of the challenges and successes that are associated with it. But we'll be ending the episode there. You've been listening to the Experience Sikhi Podcast. 